Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Waking Up to Autism podcast. Um, this is a special, unique, bespoke podcast um, off the back of our very first fundraiser that we held in April, April 2023, um, to kind of round off Autism Awareness Month. And it was super special. We climbed Mount Snowdon, um, and I just wanted to take the opportunity to record a podcast to just share with you guys the experience and the journey that I went on, that we as a group went on by taking on this fundraiser, how it came about, why we chose Mount Snowden, um, what it represented, um, what breakthroughs that we had, what response that we had, um, and what we're going to do moving forward as well. And I really wanted to take this opportunity to be able to bring you into our world and share it with you, because um, a lot of the reason why this fundraiser took place and the work that we're doing around it and what we're going to be doing moving forward impacts each and every single one of you. Um, and it's it's a journey that I want to be able to take everybody who's willing to come and join me I want to take you with us. So for those of you that are brand new to the Waking Up to Autism podcast, my name is Claire Cross and I'm the founder of Waking Up to Autism, which is a community interest company, CIC, which means we're not for profit. Um, all profits that are made from our um, services and things that we engage with are reinvested back into the work that we do, which is to directly impact the community in which we live. Um, we are hugely passionate here at Waking Up to Autism about creating awareness and also promoting acceptance of autism. Um, I am a mum to two autistic children and so I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk. Um, I am battling getting diagnoses, I have battled the education system, I have been the parent that lies awake night after night, riddled with anxiety, trying to fathom out what the hell I'm doing, um, wishing that I had all the answers, feeling like I'm failing, feeling like I'm not doing enough, you get the gist. Um, and so if you are a parent of neurodivergent children, know that you're in a safe, judgment-free zone here with us. Um, and yeah, we have a huge desire to start the conversation. You know, that's where it, it that, that's step number one. It's talking about it. It is having those conversations about what autism is, what is neurodivergence, what does that mean? How do we embrace it? How do we move forward? How do we create a ripple effect? How do we create change? Um, so we love to have those conversations. We love to share our knowledge and our experience with others. Um, and we love to gain knowledge and experience from other people as well. Um, and we love to engage with other people's perspectives. Um, so yeah, we love to be able to create this really wonderful space in order to do the work that we do. And in order to be able to get our work out to more people and to reach people quicker and to the people that need it the most, we made the decision to become a CIC earlier on in this year, which meant that we can then do fundraising um, and raise much needed funds to be able to do our work. And so that happened back in January 2023. We became a CIC. And so then my head went to, right, we need to start our first fundraiser. What's it going to be? When's it going to be? And with Autism Awareness Month being April, I mean, to us in our world, every single day is flipping Autism Awareness Day, right? It shouldn't just be a month. Um, and I do get a little bit kind of irked at the fact that 
people, businesses, um, society will kind of engage for the month of April and then the conversations tend to stop. Like with most things, you know, there, there's an awareness month for all sorts of things. So whether it's autism, whether it is, um, you know, sort of like LGBTQ plus, you know, awareness month or whatever it might be, these conversations and the awareness should be created all the time, not just to a specific month. But those months are a great, great way to really kind of um, step it up um, and to embrace the fact that more people are talking about it during those times. So it seemed really fitting to do our first fundraiser in April. Um, and we did it at the end of April just to kind of round off the month. And when I was thinking about what kind of fundraising activity to do, there are, I mean, there's so many that you can choose from. Um, you know, I wanted to do something that wasn't, something I would do necessarily on my own. I really love the thought of doing it as a group. I find a lot of inspiration and power comes from collaborating and doing something as a collective. Like everybody brings something to that space, whether they think they do or they don't, they do. And with Mount Snowden, that experience that we had as that group will never, ever be replicated. I mean, I could go and climb Mount Snowden again tomorrow with 13 other people, so the same number of people, it will not be the same experience. So what I find really magical is that on that day, at that time, on that mountain, with those people, with those energies, in that time and space for them as individuals, what they brought that day is so unique we can never ever replicate it and I love that I love that that thought and it just makes that experience so so wonderful so I wanted to kind of share with you our journey up Mount Snowden so um let me back up a little bit let me back up a little bit I'm getting excited so I have always admired sort of the visuals that I've seen of Mount Snowden I've never been to North Wales, um, so therefore, obviously, never climbed Mount Snowdon before. It's a completely new thing for me. I am not exactly an outdoorsy girl. I am a sit in an office on my bum at my computer, <laughs> love to snuggle on the sofa, watch Netflix kind of girl. So it was out of my comfort zone, which I liked. I didn't want to do something that I felt comfortable in. I felt like it needed to be a challenge. Um, but I also wanted it to be something that was going to bring beauty along with it. And Mount Snowden and North Wales absolutely ticks those boxes and some. It is absolutely stunning. As a, as a little note here, if you have never been to North Wales or in the Snowdonian region, my God, go. The photos and visuals that you see on TV or online or wherever, don't do this place justice. It is utterly breathtaking it was funny actually because as we were driving we were getting closer to obviously Snowden and where we were staying and the the landscape and what you are just looking at is just unbelievable I felt like you know when young kids are like on a bus or a train and they're like looking at the window like oh my god a tree oh my god a bus oh my god a, a post box you know they're like everything is like incredible to them isn't it it's like everything is like wow we, we seem to lose that the older we get. We kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a bus. Okay, we've seen millions of them. Or, okay, you know, yeah, that is a really nice, big, colourful tree, you know, whatever. We kind of lose that awe and that moment where our breath is literally taken away. 
and we're kind of like dumbfounded by what we're seeing. And I had that when we were driving through North Wales. Um, so it was just even then, even just having that experience of embracing that huge, expansive, beautiful scenery was such a gift. Um, so yeah, I've always admired the the beauty of the place, having never been there, only seen it um, sort of on telly and, and online and stuff. And I've always, and also I'd heard as well, that it was a very doable climb. You know, we're not going to be doing Everest. I'm not going to go from sitting in an office to suddenly climbing some really, like, <laughs> air-racing, um, treacherous conditions um, mountain. You know, that is, that's just going too much from one extreme to the next. But with Mount Snowden, it just kind of ticked all the boxes. It was going to be challenging. It wasn't going to be easy. You're going to do need to do a bit of training, um, you know, but it is doable. And also that kind of was tempting as well from thinking of doing it as a group. I wanted it to be as accessible to as many people as, as, as possible from that point of view as well. So I kind of thought of Snowden, decided that that, that was going to be the fundraiser and put it out into the world within about 10 minutes. Um, and that can be a little bit how I roll. I can be a little bit knee jerk. I can kind of do these things and then think, oh dear God, what the fuck have I done? Um, I've now got to climb Mount Snowden and take people with me and organize it. And oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But you just got to do these things. You know, if you get stuck into your head for too long, you will talk yourself out of it. And so I have kind of got into this um, rather dangerous potentially um, habit of when I've decided I want to do something, putting it on my social media, because then I've kind of like made it public I've announced it I've put it out there so then in my head I'm like well, I can't not do it I've said like to the world that this is happening um so yeah it was put out into the world released it to the universe so to speak and then yeah self-doubts crept in I mean do you ever get this this kind of like suddenly your head shifts from this like excited little oh my god we can climb Mount Snowden it's going to be amazing to oh dear god I don't do any exercise I'm unfit as hell what if no one does this with me? And then, so within five minutes, I'd gone from, in my head, this wonderful climb up Snowden with a group of wonderful people and just smashing life to, I'm going to crawl up Mount Snowden, cry my eyes out on my own. And no one sponsors me. That, you know, <laughs> it's like, my God, it was like the turnaround of all time. But one of the things that I have really had to engage with over the last couple of years, three years or so since I started my own business, is trying to lean in, try to trust the process and try not to overthink it, try not to over control it and just trust in the journey. And as somebody who is a self-proclaimed control freak, that <laughs> that is probably the hardest thing that I have to do. It's like, it doesn't come naturally, so far from coming naturally. It's the complete flipping opposite of natural. I like organisation. I like a to-do list. I like to be organised. I like to know what's happening. I am not a naturally spontaneous person. Like if if you want to go out with me for a coffee, you need to be giving me at least a week's notice because it'll take me six and a half days to get my head around it. You know, I'm just like, don't spring things on me. I will freak. So I'm trying to get better with that. I'm trying to release that that need or um, 
I don't even know what it is. There's a lot of things that need to be unpicked there. Um, but I am trying. And I think it just, it all boils down to the fact that I do suffer with anxiety and it just triggers that. And then it just kind of, as we know, if you're an anxiety sufferer, the worst thing that we can do is get into our own heads and the catastrophizing that follows. It is evil. It is the devil. Um, so I'm working and trying really, really hard to to kind of push back on that. And, and you know, the things that I do, I think... Um, makes me even more proud that I do them because it, it is hard for me. So Mount Snowden was born. The idea was born. I birthed it into the world um, and I sat and waited and I thought, oh God, but I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away by the amount of people that wanted to come and join me climb a mountain, like blow me down with a bloody feather. How awesome is this? And I'm like, and I had to really stop myself from when people are going, oh, yeah, I'm really up for that. I had to really stop myself from going, really? <laughs> like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, and it was just so humbling that not only people really wanted to do it. Some people were like, oh, my God, it's been on my bucket list for like forever. I've always wanted to climb Mount Snowden and I'm totally I've got an autistic child. Um, I love what you do. This is like ticking everything. This is like bing, bing, bing. No brainer. I'm there. Give me the date. I'm yours. Um and I think that's what's been really lovely, actually, because everybody that has that joined me on the Mount Snowden fundraiser all had their own personal reasons for doing it. You know, um, some were had a really strong connection with autism. Um, either they're autistic themselves, they've got an autistic child. Um, some people came with a friend. So that was really lovely. So people that have an autistic child who wanted to come and climb it and then they've got like a best mate. It's like, yeah, I'll come and support you, do it and do it with you which I think is just beautiful. I think, you know, if you've got friends that are willing to climb a mountain for you, my God, grab onto them. <laughs> Don't let them go. You know, I mean, how just fab is that? And we had people that, you know, we had one lady who's an LGBTQ plus coach. So although she hasn't got autistic children, she is very, very passionate about being inclusive and in that field of work. And obviously we have a huge LGBTQ plus community in the neurodivergent community as well. Um, so it was incredible for her to come and join um, our group. And as the names were coming in of people signing up, I was just witnessing in front of me the most incredible list of names coming together. And it just got me super super excited super excited to be able to create this event um and to, to to kind of bring it all together really and the other reason apart from the fact that it is just simply stunning and I've always fancied sort of climbing Mount Snowden the absolute like you know main massive reason that kind of smacked me in the face really when I was thinking about Mount Snowden being the fundraiser is how symbolic that is. Because um, as I said at the beginning of this, you know, even though I, I run Waking Up to Autism, it's my job. I support and have supported hundreds of families over the last three years that we've been um, in business. I am first and foremost, most importantly, a mum of two autistic children. And, you know, I spend my day supporting other families and then flipping into being a mum and supporting my own children, supporting myself, navigating like life and society that is not designed for my children. I am battling against 
systems that have not been created with my children in mind. Um, and in some and in a lot of cases, going like above and beyond and out of their fucking way to make things a million times harder for my children than they need to be. So every single day, quite often, can feel like an uphill battle. And I know that I'm not alone when I say that because that's the the message and that is the energy that I get from a lot of the parents that I work with, you know, that there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of desperation. Everything feels hard because everything is geared towards being hard for our children to gain what they deserve. So it can feel really painful, like we are just battling uphill the whole flipping time. And so climbing Mount Snowden from that point of view was hugely symbolic. And it felt like I was going to take what I'd been experiencing mentally and emotionally for the last nine years that I've been dealing with battling for both my children, um, taking what I've experienced mentally and emotionally and experiencing that in the physical form. And I felt like that would be very, very therapeutic, that if I could physically walk up that hill and get to the top, how empowering that would be to stand at that top of to stand at the top of Mount Snowden and look down to look back on how far a flipping come because it's another thing that we can often fall into the trap of is we're so busy trying to struggle up the hill up that mountain that we don't take a moment to look back and actually realize how far we have come and what we have achieved we tend to overlook that we just look at how much more we've got to go um, and so, yeah, that made, that sort of sealed the deal. That sealed the deal on Mount Snowden. So, yeah, it was then all systems go with organising the the fundraiser, getting people together. Um, a lot of us had to travel from quite a distance. I live down in West Sussex. So it was a six hour drive to Snowden, um, which is quite epic in itself. So it was definitely a weekend of journeys, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of travel lots of travel um you know so you know people had to book accommodation and yeah they really committed to doing it which again I just felt so much gratitude to them for that they penciled out the time in their lives they'd organized childcare where that was applicable they had booked themselves into you know accommodation fed themselves all of those things that would have been you know an expense to them they they did in order to be able to come and join me and help raise money for waking up to autism. And it's just, it makes me feel really, really quite emotional um, that not only one person was prepared to do that, but 14 people were prepared to do that. Um, yeah, it's it, it blows my mind. So um, when I was obviously organising Mount Snowden, I was looking into how to do it safely, how to do it in the best way possible. And I always wanted to engage with a company that would be able to guide us. I did not want to guide other people up Mount Snowden back down. I did not want that responsibility. Um, that's definitely one thing my anxiety would not have been able to cope with. Um, and so rather aptly named, I went with a company called Climb Snowden. I wonder how long it took them to think that one up. So Climb Snowden is exactly what it says on the tin. They are a company that um, do um, uh, organised walks up and down Snowden. So you can book onto one of their pre-organised walks as a single person. Um, they have them at certain times and dates of the year. Or you can book a private guided walk, which is obviously what we did as we were a group. 
And I did have people sort of say to me as I was chatting about it to, to various people, um, you know, sort of leading up to it, they're like, you do know that you can just walk up Snowden. You don't have to, to pay somebody to take you. And I'm like, yeah, no, I fully understand that. But we're quite a big group. Um, and, you know, I don't want somebody falling over and breaking their leg halfway up Snowden. And do you know what I mean? no, just no. OK, if you want to walk up there without any help or any support, be my guest. But if you're coming on the Waking Up to Autism <laughs> Mount Snowden climb, we're ticking all the boxes. You know, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it right. And I have to say that even though from a practical safety you know, sensible um, point of view, it was definitely the right call. I can't actually begin to tell you how much more magic was brought into the day by the fact that we were with the guides that we were with. Like it didn't kind of really enter my head before the day how big an impact they were going to have and I know that I'm not alone in, in feeling this because I was talking to quite a few people on the walk and, and since, and a lot of people felt the same way. So we had three incredible guides um, and they all brought their own kind of character, spirit and energy. And they kind of slotted into their roles so perfectly. So we had Keith. Uh, Keith is just like a powerhouse. Keith is... I don't want to be rude, but he's probably mid-50s. I'm sorry, Keith, if you ever ever do have... I don't think Keith will ever hear this. I go and get the impression Keith listens to podcasts in the street. me. But maybe I'm wrong. I shouldn't judge. I really shouldn't judge. But I, I can't imagine he would. But if he ever does, apologies, Keith, if I've got your age completely wrong. But Keith is a slightly older gentleman. And they put it this way. He is a powerhouse of a man when it comes to Mount Snowden. He has been up and down that mountain more times than I've had flipping hot dinners. There is not a stone on that mountain that Keith hasn't looked at, stepped on, or knows exactly where it is. And he was at the front, leading the way, knows his shit, don't argue with him, he's got this, he's got you, okay? And I loved him. He was very, what you see is what you get. So he loved that. Keith was amazing. And what I also loved about Keith is that he shared a bit of history and, and sort of local knowledge as we were climbing up Mount Snowden. So we were going past like these sort of like ruins. Now, if we weren't with a guide, we would walk past it and probably we'll just be like, oh, there's some buildings falling down at some point. You know, you wouldn't really know anything else or think anything else about it. But he's like, this people actually used to live here and it was X number of years ago. And you'll be like, you were quite high up the mountain or we were quite near the peak, a bit further down, and there were some more ruins. And he said, like, years ago before the train was here, they used to come up on horses, and this is where they would stable the horses because there's a natural spring that runs down the mountain here. So there's always there was always water that used to come in for the horses to drink, so they built the stables literally at the base of that. And you're like, oh, my God. So, you, you know, and I love that. I love that little bit, little, little snippets of information. Is, is so interesting so yeah so Keith Keith was my man Keith was at front he was he was leading the way awesome and then we had the wonderful hero awesome name um I asked her about it she said that her mum's very very into theatre and sort of Shakespeare and all of that so hero is a young lady I mean I'd say early 20s um but just the most purest and beautiful soul you know, when you see somebody and you can just tell that they are creative, love nature, 
very at peace with who they are, or they at least seem to be. And she brought a real calmness, um, very sort of uncomplicated energy about her, um, quiet, understated, but also, but not weak or feeble by any means, strong, um, solid, dependable. You felt safe with her. It wasn't that, you know, she was airy-fairy. She was a real empowered young woman. And I had some incredible conversations with her going up and down um, Mount Snowden as well, because she had a real personal story with regards to autism. So that was really cool. And then we had my favourite, I have to say, I know you probably shouldn't like, you shouldn't have favourite children. Maybe you shouldn't have favourite Mount Snowden guides. But my favourite, and he wasn't just my favourite, I'd have to fight for him, but my favourite was Clive. Now, Clive kind of was at the back. That was his role. And when you're climbing Mount Snowden, you underestimate, actually, one, how difficult it is, but we'll come on to that. But people will walk at different paces. So we were kind of spread out. And Clive's job was to be the last person of the group. So nobody would get left behind. He is kind of like bringing up the rear. And the, those that found it hard and were slower than the rest, which for a large proportion of the uphill climb, I was one of them. And I'll come on to talk about that a, a bit more as well. He was there and he just, he is, as soon as I met him in the car park when we first arrived, I just, I thought, I just, you know, when you just look at somebody or you have a couple of words of exchange with somebody, you're like, I like you. He just had such a kindness about him. And the other thing as well with Clive that I found is he was still so inspired and in awe of, of Mount Snowden. It's like he said to me, this is my favourite place in the world. Like I've been to quite a few places. I've been really lucky and I've been able to travel and experience lots of different things. Um, nothing beats Mount Snowden. Because when we were having a moment when it was quite slow at the back and I said to him, I said, oh, bless you. It must be really painful for you because you can walk up Snowden at quite a decent pace and to have to walk really slowly. Um, you know, does it is it frustrating for you? And he said, no, not at all, because, yeah, if I was on my own, I'd be walking quicker. But by walking with those that are only walking this for the first time and are therefore understandably finding it hard. I get to slow my pace down. I get to enjoy things that I wouldn't probably enjoy if I was just on my own walking at my pace. Because whilst you're needing to stop and rest, I'm stopping with you. I'm okay. I'm not stopping because I have to stop. I'm stopping because we're needing to. I can just have a look around, breathe, enjoy, you know. And he was just so encouraging without being condescending. Um, and... I just felt so safe. And I think that's a real key word with having the guides, all three of them. But at that moment with Clive, because I, because I was walking really slowly because I was in a lot of pain, that's the moment I was having a real, real fucking wobble about whether or not, like, thinking, what the hell have I done? Um, and it got me thinking just about life in general and especially about the support that we give through Waking Up to Autism, especially in the hub to parents and carers. And it really resonated that actually when I have parents come to me and they're struggling, they're ready to give up. They don't know if they can keep going. I'm I like to think that I'm their version of Clive. I am the one that has walked this path loads of times. I could 
run ahead and keep going quicker than you because I'm able to. I'm happy. I'm more than happy and willing to hang back and to hold space for you and to support you in whatever way you need so that I can help guide you the rest of the way. And that was really a moment. I felt a real kind of, you know, flicker in the stomach at that point and a real sort of realisation about the work that we do, the impact that that has and the importance of it. We all need a Clive. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be my new, it's going to be like my new mantra. You know, if you can be anything in life, be a, be a Clive. Um, but it is, it, it's totally true. And again, kind of the, the the resonating to me about the work that we do, especially in the Waking Up to Autism Hub, is there's nothing that I do or that I teach that people cannot work out or learn themselves. There's nothing special about me. I've just spent the time researching, educating myself, doing it all. And there's nothing stopping other people doing that. And I saw that on Mount Snowden because being with the guides, the other great thing about being with the guides is they know all the secret paths, right? If you go on your own, you're going up the most well-known paths of Mount Snowden with the world and his effing wife. Okay, So we're going along a path that Keith, good old Keith, has marched us onto. Um, and we can see in the distance, right, like little ants, imagine it, little ants going up Mount Snowden, but they're people in the distance, like loads of them, a whole trail of them. And like Keith is like, look over there, that is the that is the path that most people will go up. That's the popular well-known route. But look how many of them are on there. And it's like, oh my God. Whereas where we were, we were the only group on that path. There was not another living soul for as long as the eye could see. Every so often, we would pass a person who also obviously knew the area well, but otherwise there was nobody. And yes, we could have still got to the top of Mount Snowden by going on the other path, but it would have been harder because there would have been more people. The energy would have felt different. We would have felt more exposed and vulnerable, you know, people looking at us struggling. We had privacy. We had that kind of more nurtured approach being with the guides. And again, that's what like Waking Up to Autism and the Hub is all about. It's like, yeah, you could spend the next year, two, three years researching it all, looking it all up, or you could come into the Hub and we can just guide you and show you the shortcut or show you the easier way because we've done it so often. So you can go and try it yourself or just like come and learn, you know, learn from our mistakes or where we've gone wrong or our experiences. Let us just share it with you. And it can be such a more pleasurable journey. Um, you're still going to get to the same destination. We're just going to get there in a much better, nicer, <laughs> more nurtured way that's going to keep our mental health and sanity a little bit more in check. So if you are considering climbing up Mount Snowden, I definitely recommend guides and I definitely recommend Climb Snowden. So a huge, huge shout out to them there. You are all absolutely incredible. And um, yeah, just a magical, magical uh, moment by having them with us. Um, and another thing that I really love, actually, just going back to Clive and, and the guides in general is that, they have just this, this passion for being where they are and what they do. And that's so infectious. Like being around people who are passionate about things, you can't, I find you can't help 
but jump on board with it. Like there was a point where I was in so much pain. I just wanted to curl into a ball and cry. But being around Clive at the moment when he was sort of encouraging me and just showing his sheer enthusiasm and passion for what he does, it's like, just inspires you, you know? So this is a big shout out to, to all of you to make sure that you focus on who you're spending time with. Who's in your circle? Who are you talking to? What energy are you, you know, kind of enjoying or not? Because we do, we become who we spend time with. Um, yeah, and just to kind of, yeah, just be reawakened by other people's enthusiasm. It, it's, it's really nice. So, yeah, as I was saying, so we 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 set off up Mount Snowden as a group. Um, and I have to say at this point, we were utterly blessed with the weather. It could not have been more perfect. We had a bit of cloud, the sun came out, the colours and how the sunlight hit different parts of Mount Snowden as we were climbing was just spectacular. There was this lovely breeze throughout, which was very welcomed. Um, and considering up until quite late the night before it was forecast to rain, we were really lucky because it just suddenly changed. Like Keith in the morning in the car park said, well, you guys are super lucky because he said, when I checked late, late last night, it was not looking good. But this morning, it's just completely changed. You know, it looks like it's going to be a really, really good day. And there's only about 50 days a year that you can actually see from the top of Mount Snowden, like have a clear view, and we got it. So there was, you know, everything was really aligning for us on that day. So when we sort of set out, I mean, I've been, you know, kind of leading up to going to Mount Snowden, I joined the gym. I did go to the gym. I discovered I hate the gym and I've never been back. So there was definitely this apprehension <laughs> surrounding me on the lead up to, to the day and on the day itself that I had not trained anywhere near probably as much as I should have done. And that's coming from somebody that doesn't doesn't do a lot of exercise or movement. Um, you know, like my brother, for example, who joins us on the walk, he walks everywhere. He lives in Brighton, which is notoriously sort of hilly. He is, he walks for, can walk for miles. So for him, it wouldn't make sense to go to the gym. Just the fact that he walks nearly every day um, for quite a length of time, his level of fitness is more than okay for like Mount Snowden. Me, on the other hand, not quite so much. So that was a definite little, mm, and probably is a lot of the reason why I woke up in the night, the night before um, we let, we went, um, the night before the day, um, and had a bit of an anxiety attack in the middle of the night because I'm thinking, I don't think I can do them. <laughs> like, oh my God. Anyway, we set off and we were going, obviously, um, on our way up, going along the paths that the guides were taking us on that were quieter. And it was just, it was it was so nice. There was a real good vibe and spirits amongst people. People were happy. It was lovely to be around people that, although we'd never met, we'd come together on that day as a group and we were doing this as a group and everyone was supportive and friendly and warm and considerate. Um, which was just amazing. But 
halfway, I don't even know if it was halfway up. I completely lost all sense of reality, to be honest with you. But I think it was about halfway up. My right hip, oh my God, my right hip started playing up. Now, I've always had a bit of a dodgy right hip. I don't know why I've got a dodgy right hip. I can't remember exactly when my dodgy right hip became a dodgy right hip. But it was a few years ago, I would think. But I have no recollection or knowledge as to if I if I did something or whatever. But anyway, as I'm somebody that doesn't often do strenuous exercise, on a day-to-day basis, my dodgy right hip doesn't bother me. I don't even remember I have one. However, halfway up Mount Snowden, my dodgy right hip made themselves very, very well known. And just to kind of try and explain the feeling, it basically felt with every single step that somebody was ramming a really big knife into my hip, like a stabbing shooting pain, which, yeah, when you're halfway up Mount Snowden is far from bloody ideal, very inconvenient. Um, And so there was a period of time, like I said, when I was right at the back of the group Um, walking very slowly because I didn't quite know how I was walking at all at this point and was with Clive and he was helping and everything that I could quite easily have had a complete and utter wobble because I didn't quite know how far we had to go all I knew is that whenever I looked up to where we were heading to the summit it looked like it would take weeks weeks to get there, right? I'm like, like that, like how, how, what? How are we gonna, who, what? Who thinks we're gonna get there in like two hours from now or whatever it was? It felt completely nutterly unachievable. And I'm like, right, every step I'm taking, I'm in agony. Every step I'm taking, I'm further away from the, from the ground, from the, the bottom of Mount Snowden. What if I walk for another 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm stuck. I can't, I need to get back down. And this is where the guides came into their own. And what really resonated with when we tap into people to support us. So whether it's you're a member of the Waking Up to Autism Hub, whether it's you've got a business coach, whether it's you see a therapist, whether it's you've got a swimming teacher, whether it's whatever it might be, we have to sometimes really invest in getting the right support because had Clive not been there and Hero because Hero was there as well at times with me we're walking along together I would have panicked I wouldn't have trusted myself to be able to get to the top I would have worried what happens if I can't get to the top how am I going to navigate this I would have probably bailed for fear of being out of control and not knowing how best to play it. And that is what we can often do in general life. Because we're so worried about what's coming, we can't see it. We don't trust ourselves yet because we've never done it before. I've never climbed Mount Snowden. So I didn't have the evidence that I could do it because I've never done it before. But Clive and Hero have done it hundreds of times between them. They knew that I could do it. They were able to reassure me that they knew exactly where we were. They knew exactly how far we had to go, that they had my back, that they're with me and that they we will get you there. 
trust. And I trusted them. And I got to the top. And I made it. But had I not had that reassurance, that support, that empowered belief, because I didn't have the belief in myself, I had to borrow their belief in me temporarily. And then as I was climbing higher, and I was getting higher, I took a couple of painkillers, took a break, had something to eat. I was doing the little tips that they they told me on how to just not think of it as a whole picture, just take it in little sections at a time. All of these incredible things that when you're panicking, common sense goes out the window. Do you know what I mean? Sitting here now talking to you, I would I know that that's good advice. Like I would give that advice to somebody else in 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 any situation. Don't look at the big picture because that's overwhelming. Just take it little bits at a time. But when you're the person panicking and getting anxious and thinking, oh my god, you know, balanced rational thoughts, they just get up and run out the blooming door. They're gone you're, and just leave you, <laughs> just leave you in this kind of panicked mess. And it's having those people that are more stable and more capable and um, more knowledgeable around you steadies your ship so that you can continue your voyage. Um, And I got to the top. We all got to the top. And we had to dig flipping deep. Because I'm telling you now, that pain that I was... I'm suffering myself in my hip, other people like their knees were hurt or their feet or just exhaustion, whatever. We all, you know, pains in different ways. Um, We really had to dig deep and keep going. And there was one of the team who did find going up really, really hard. And Clive pretty much um, supported the whole way, which was amazing. All she kept saying was, everything that my child has been through and all these other children go through, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And just blown away, absolutely blown away by people's determination and realising as well it within themselves how much strength they've got. Because I think we are all so guilty of underestimating ourselves all the time, playing it small, not giving ourselves, you know, the credit that we flipping deserve. You know, we can be so flippant in the things that we do every single day and just kind of put it down to, oh, well, everyone does it or everyone copes or everyone's okay. I'm not, there's nothing special about me. And actually we're incredible. And we can take our mind and our bodies to places where we didn't think we could. Um, And yeah, being in pain and having to override that and keep going when your body's screaming at you, please stop walking, Claire. Like my hip was like, if we said, please stop, please stop. Um, I wasn't going to stop. I wasn't going to stop. If I had to be up there for five days climbing that mountain, I was going to be up there for five days. There's absolutely no way that I was going to not complete that walk. But all the people that had sponsored us, for all the people that are going to benefit from the money that we've raised. Um, and it takes, it gives you that opportunity to get out of your head and just be in that moment. And that was a real gift that this fundraiser gave me. Um, and there were moments as well um, when I was walking that I was on my own. I could see like part of the group in front of me, part behind. We were always sort of together from that point of view. But I was walking along on my own. Um, And 
there's not often that I am just on my own. Like either I've got people around me, the kids or obviously Dan or being at work or meetings, um, or even if you're just in the supermarket doing your own shopping, you've still got people and noise and other people's shit going on around you that you're kind of aware of, even if you're not involved with, you know, there's always something or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm watching the telly. There's noise, there's activity of some dis- bloody description. Um, or even if I'm sat at home and I'm just wanting a bit of peace and quiet, you know, the doorbell will go or whatever. You get my drift. But as I was walking along and I did sit down, I did a little video, actually. I haven't shared it with anybody, but it was about a one minute video when I was really struggling and I just sat down and I was just on my own. And I just took that moment to breathe and to kind of remind myself that you don't have to always be go, 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 go. You know, that a lot of lessons and a lot of messages and a lot of clarity comes when we allow ourselves to be free, free from our own heads, free from other people's input, free from the the fast pace of life and being up the side of a mountain with stunning views, no noise, just to just to be was a real moment it was a real moment and I sat there for a minute and I just kind of took stock reminded myself whilst up while I was there expressed some real gratitude for what we were doing and that I get to do that and who I was sharing it with and what that money was going to go on to do and I was able to get up and and crack on and and get to get to that summit so you know always afford yourself that time as well um it also reminded me as well when walking up that um path and we were all sort of staggered out is again like the beauty of the waking up to autism hub is that it's full of parents of and carers of autistic children and the beauty of it is that we all bring a wealth of experience and knowledge in our own right now some of us are quite far down that path we've been on it for a few years We've maybe been through the EHCP process. We've got diagnosis. We've sorted out school settings, all of that sort of stuff. We've got quite a lot of well-trodden imprints on that path. Some people are further near the beginning. Do you know what I mean? They um, maybe have only just discovered that their child may be autistic and they're right at the beginning. And so that path feels really long and kind of stretches out um, as far as the eye can see and feels very overwhelming. So we're all on the same path, but we're all at different parts of that journey. And the beauty of the ones of us that have trodden that path before can come back and take the hands of those that are nearer the beginning and help guide them up. Um, So, yeah, it really resonated. It really, really did. Um, So, yeah, it just... It also, I felt as well, um, with being on Mount Snowden and doing this fundraiser, is it was completely out of my comfort zone. I've said probably about four or five, six thousand times already on this podcast that I am not an exercise person. <laughs> so being up a mountain is not my natural habitat. It's not somewhere that you would find me often. Um, but it was funny, actually, because when we were on our way down, 
I was chatting with, I was walking along with my brother chatting and my brother's autistic and he wanted to come and do Mount Snowden because it's something that's completely out of his comfort zone as well. He is like a city boy. Um, he doesn't sort of leave Brighton and Hove where he lives very often. He loves the vibe and energy of, of Brighton. That's very much his thing. So being in North Wales, like Mount Snowdon, is not somewhere that he would ever, 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 ever think to go on his own accord. So when I when I kind of um, advertised out the whole Mount Snowdon thing, I remember a little while after I did that, I got a message from my brother saying, I'm seriously contemplating joining you for the Mount Snowdon, which I was really surprised about for the reasons that I've just said. Um and he, yeah, he kind of mulled it over and then, yeah, he decided to, oh, sod it. Yeah, let's do it. So that was really special for me to be able to share this experience with him. Um, but when we were walking down, now he's a, he's a really great photographer, but his photography interest lies um, sort of within sort of portrait photography and sort of fashion photography. Um, he does a lot of street photography around Brighton. So yeah, the Welsh landscape or landscapes in general is not his kind of, um, what's the word? Genre of photography is not where he would naturally really be interested in. But he came up Mount Snowden with his camera. He's taken some incredible photos but as we were walking down, he was like, obviously, like landscape photography is not my thing, but I've really felt inspired being here. And I'm going to be taking a lot of inspiration that I've had today and using that within my creativity of my fashion and portrait photography. And we had this conversation, Mark and I, about when we put ourselves into spaces and to in areas that we wouldn't ordinarily go, we find ourselves being awakened in a different way and we can take that inspiration and apply it to the areas that we do love now he could have gone and found that he absolutely loves landscape photography he'd be like oh my god i've been missing out on this on my whole life sod portrait and fashion i am going to travel the world taking photos of landscapes that could have happened it could have completely and utterly derailed him from where he thought he he wanted to be in that what in that way and opened up a whole new world it, you know, that that wasn't what happened. But what happened was, is that it opened his eyes in a different way to add to his creativity and his vision to empower him to then go back to actually, do you know what? Landscaping photography for a day was brilliant, loved it, got no interest in doing it anymore. But my God, when I go back and go back to my love of portrait and fashion photography, this experience is so much, is going to so influence and impact and bring so much more richness and depth and creativity to the area of work that I do and that what a gift what a gift that is you know and it definitely did for me I mean with the work that I do Mount Snowden and, and the fundraiser was obviously extremely important because we're able to now take the 11,000 pounds yeah you heard me right, £11,000 that we raise as a group and we're going to go out and we can supply our online course to 2,000 educators, which is going to positively impact 14,000 pupils. How awesome is that? So look, a little idea on my sofa, look what we can achieve. If you've got ideas, if you've got things that you want to do, just go and sod and do them because the magic will unfold. You don't have to micromanage it. It will... It will 
it, it will unravel itself in front of you. You've just got to take that leap of faith. Um, but yes, I was thinking a lot about just the emotional journey of doing the fundraiser and, and the activity that we did because I've been given a lot of thought about where I'm going with my business, thinking about myself as a person, who I am, what I want from life, um, finding the joy in things again, who am I, all of these things that we can quite often question about ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's really, really aided that. So it's not only gifted us the, the funds to be able to do more work, which is obviously the most important thing, I really do feel that the Mount Snowden event created such an impactful experience for every single person that took part. So I just want to say a huge, huge, heartfelt, sincere thank you, first and foremost, to every single team of Team Wooter who came and joined us and climbed Mount Snowden. You are all absolutely flipping incredible i felt so privileged and honored to spend the day with you i love talking with you laughing with you <laughs> moaning with you when it got tough sharing your you know hearing about your own personal stories your reasons for being there a truly inspired and incredible group of people and i will remember our day together for the rest of my life and i thank you so much for that and I also thank each and every one of you, if you're listening now, if you were one of the wonderful people that donated to the fundraiser, you are going to not only change children's lives, but save them. Autistic children are 28 times more likely to contemplate or attempt suicide. And I strongly believe that a lot of that is due to them not getting the right support and right educational journey that they deserve. And although we have 1.5 million children registered with special educational needs in the UK, SEND training for educators is not a legal requirement. And that is something that needs to change so that we can make impactful changes moving forward. And we can help to make sure that more than only 20% of autistic adults are able to engage with paid employment. These are shocking statistics but they're true statistics and we need to change them. And we can do. And with the work that we've done with Mount Snowden and the funds that we have raised, we are going to be making some really good changes to help support autistic children in the way that they deserve. So if you donated to our fundraiser, you are amazing. You are going to make children's lives better. And as I say, you will be saving them. And I do not say that lightly. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I haven't donated, I didn't even know you've done this, but I would love to donate. I will pop a link to our GoFundMe page in the show notes as well. Um, and yeah, so that just leaves me to kind of round up this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about our adventures um, and our very first fundraiser. I'm now getting a little bit excited to start thinking about what we might do next time. If you've got any ideas or suggestions, then drop me a line. If it's something you'd like to be part of, let us know. Um, and we can't wait to continue to share the work that we do and to share our journey with you. Take really good care, everybody. Bye.